This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect way to take your brand to the next level? Want to reach a dedicated, engaged audience that's all ears? With Audiohook.com, you can do just that. Audiohook is the premier podcast advertising platform, connecting advertisers with some of the best podcasts in the world. Audiohook uses advanced targeting techniques to ensure your message reaches the right ears at the right time. With detailed analytics, you'll be able to track your campaign's performance and optimize your strategy for maximum impact. Plus, their team of experts are there every step of the way, providing guidance and support to make your campaign a success. So, whether you're a startup, a small business owner, or a marketing pro, Audiohook is your one-stop shop for podcast advertising success. Head over to audiohook.com to start your journey today. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are previewing the matchup of the unbeatens, the one that I don't think anybody had before this game or before this season started. Kansas at 3-0 versus Duke at 3-0. Kansas getting ready to start a three-game homestand and hoping to get at least two of these wins to get really close to bowl eligibility with three winnable games. But to help me preview the first opponent, the one coming up this week, where Kansas is probably finally going to sell out again, at home, it's going to be super awesome. But to help me preview this game, it is Josh Cox of the Section 17 podcast covering the Duke Blue Devils. Josh, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing really well, you know. Uh, starting out the season 3-0 and here in Durham. I know you guys are feeling the same way there in Lawrence. And, you know, uh, couldn't be better, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it is kind of funny because I think this is, you know, like, I made the bold prediction. I think most people that listen to the podcast here 
are aware of it, at least Kansas fans, that, that Kansas would be going bowling. And this was one of the games that I kind of just chalked up as a, hey, they have to win this one in order for them to get there. And Duke is a good opportunity to do it, you know, looking at the ratings and the fact you guys have a brand new head coach and all of this stuff. And well, let me tell you, this this is looking to be more and more difficult by the hour, um, just looking at what Duke has been able to do this year. So so first of all, my question for you is how surprised are you by Duke starting out 3-0? Yeah, I mean, so obviously we're in the first year of Coach Mike Elko, who came to us from Texas A&M, a defensive coordinator there. Previously, he was at Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator. Um, and, and, you know, we went 3-9 and nine and 2-9 and nine the last two years. So obviously, you know, we had been on the struggle bus. Um, and we knew from the, from the day that Coach Elko was introduced as coach that he was saying all the right things. But, you know, every coach – says the right things. And right. so um, we were, uh, we were at spring uh, spring practices and we started noticing quite a bit of difference in the energy um, on the field during practice and, and spring practice is what it is, but we just noticed the energy difference. And then in the off season, a major hire that coach Elko made was David Feely. He's the strength and conditioning coach. He got him from Miami and Feely is like, he's the MVP right now, man. Like our guys are like bigger, faster, stronger, than they were last year. I mean, we got a tight end, Nikki Dalmalin, who put on 22 pounds of muscle and then cut his 40 time down. He's one of the top five fastest players on the team as a tight end. So, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. We're seeing those types of things. And so to say we're crazy. surprised, yeah, to say we're surprised as 3-0, I don't believe we're, we're surprised per se. Listen, us and Northwestern go back and forth every year, it seems. So that game wasn't necessarily a shocker that we won. I will say this though. I believe if we start the season four and oh, if we, if we do get the win this Saturday, which is going to be difficult. And that's what we're here to talk about. Of course, I believe at that point, there's going to be some Duke fans, including myself are going to be like, I did not see us sweeping our non-conference. So yeah, I would say we are moderately surprised now if we sweep the non-conference it'll be kind of an overwhelming surprise. Yeah, it it is kind of funny because I know that most Kansas fans were kind of looking at the, you know, Tennessee Tech was the game that you expected to win, and then you expected to win this Duke one just given what Duke was having to replace mm-hmm. coming into this year and how everything was rating out and just the way they ended last year and the fact that that was a fairly competitive game in Durham last year. Yeah. Um, so, like, it was one of those things where you, you expected Kansas to take, be able to take a step forward and most likely be favored in this game, but I don't think any Kansas fans – apart from myself potentially, thought that Kansas had any chance at all to go both go into Morgantown and beat West Virginia and then also go on the road down to Houston and beat Houston as well. I think Houston fell off a little bit from what a lot of people were expecting, so that definitely helped. But the fact that this Kansas team has been as good offensively as they have been um, has been a huge surprise. But Duke themselves have actually had a fairly good offense. I'm looking at, at the stats and oh, yeah. looking at everything that's kind of going there with the ratings and everything. Who who are the main guys here on the offense that have really kind of picked up the performances for Duke? Because I I, I know last year they, they started out pretty well, but then faded a lot down the stretch as they got into their ACC play. Um, who has really picked it up for this offense this year? Yeah, not to get too deep into the past, but the David Cutcliffe offense, we never really knew who was in charge, um, and it was it was it was kind of always cut. But then there were there were these puppets uh, as at OC co-offensive coordinators there was all this like muddiness well there is no question who's in charge of the offense at Duke it's Kevin Johns came over from Memphis last year he's our offensive coordinator uh there was a quarterback battle throughout spring ball and probably the first week 
of fall practice uh, between Riley Leonard, who ended up winning the job, and Jordan Moore. Um, so to speak on Riley Leonard, I mean, Riley has really started the year off strong. He's a sophomore um, from Alabama. He's built like a like a quarterback. You would want a quarterback to be built. Um, he's completing almost 73% of his passes so far this year. In fact, our A&T game, he only threw the ball 12 times. Had an incredible, He was 11 of 12. And his one incompletion, he and the receiver, the receiver thought he could beat the safety deep. And he went past the safety. Riley thought he was going to cut the route. And it was just one of those mix-ups. It was like they just read it differently. Yeah. So it was it was kind of a fluke interception. Um, but Riley Leonard is really where it starts for Duke. I mean, he has been very poised under pressure. Northwestern game, um, very good. And I will say this. I know you guys know all about this uh, with Jalen Daniels. Uh, but Riley is good with his feed. He had a 56-yard uh, touchdown run in the A&T game. Um, and I think the more he plays, the more comfortable he's going to get at, at keeping the ball some on those RPOs uh, and, and running with it himself. Um, and so, yeah, it starts with Ryan Leonard. And then I would say the second guy in that quarterback battle, and I'm not sure how much Kansas fans are aware of this, the second guy in that quarterback battle was Jordan Moore. Jordan Moore is also a sophomore. Um, and Jordan is by far the most explosive, quickest player on this roster. And he he lost the quarterback battle. But instead of making him QB2 and having him over there, you know, holding up signs and, and calling in plays, um, Coach Elko decided to he's going to play. He's going to put him on the field somewhere. And so he gave him to Coach Johns and said, do what you want, basically. And he's turned him into a wide receiver. And he's played three games at wide receiver in his college career. And he has three touchdowns. Uh, in fact, two of his touchdowns were not like he just used his speed. He had a tiptoe in the back of the end zone that he got both feet in, like a Sunday catch uh, for a touchdown. Against A&T, he had a crossing route uh, where he came across and really fought off the defender to catch the ball and then fought to get in the end zone. So like grown man type wide receiver catches. So I would say those two guys is kind of where – that's where it starts on the offensive end. Jalen Calhoun is another guy. He's a senior wide receiver, been a team leader for basically ever since he's been here. Um, and you're going to hear a lot about him. He gets a lot of catches. He kind of gets the the bulk of the of the receptions uh, on the in the wide receiver room. But those are the guys you're going to look for. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. That you guys took your backup wide re- or backup quarterback who was the fastest guy on the team uh, and moved him over to another position. Whereas Kansas, their backup quarterback Jason Bean is widely credited as the fastest guy on the team. And they decided, no, we want to make sure that we're set at quarterback. So he's yeah. you know our backup quarterback. I do find that a little bit interesting. I think it helps that Kansas has so many guys all over the place that can, you know, that can be the beneficiary of Jalen Daniels getting the ball all over the place that they don't necessarily need to throw another playmaker out there. You know, they've got four different running backs they can use and they've got a room full of 11 different receivers that they could potentially use at one point or another. So like adding him to the depth that they have is probably less valuable for a team like Kansas um, than it would be for a team like Duke where you need those you know, those, those game changers to be on the field as much as possible because you just don't have a lot of them just kind of waiting in the wings like Kansas somehow has managed to, to compile at this point. So I do want to ask though, because the thing that we have seen from this Kansas team defensively is that they have gone into the second half and really worn down their opponent, really kind of, um, I guess, kind of war of attrition with the offensive line of the opponent. And that's when things have started to fall apart so looking at Duke's offensive line how worried are you about the ability to hold up over the course of the game or how strong have they been for Duke this year so far um 
Well, going into the season, they were the strongest unit on the team, in my opinion. A lot of older guys on that line, uh, grad transfers that have come in as well, um, and just a really solid, solid line. And so the big test for our line was week two, going to Evanston, Northwestern. There was a lot of talk. Uh, Northwestern has a very good offensive line, they say, uh, a, top, a potential top 10 NFL draft pick on that line they say. And uh, we went in there and gave up one tackle for loss and one sack. And Northwestern's line gave up two sacks and seven tackles for loss. And so we stood the test uh, there at offensive line. I would say we run a very, very solid seven deep, possibly eight deep on the offensive line. Um, They rotate um, they rotate guys in and out to try to stay fresh to kind of combat what you're talking about. I would say that the coaching staff is is okay with anybody in that two deep at any time being out there. And so I'm not trying to oversell our offensive line. Yeah. But we've of been not. able Yeah, we've been able to run the ball fairly well. Um and like I said, the big game was Northwestern and it was it was unmistakable watching that game that our offensive line outplayed theirs. There's no question. Yeah, I find it interesting because like I know that Kansas, the way that they were talking about in camp was, you know, if we like we get as many people ready to play as we possibly can. It means if we have, you know, 10 offensive linemen that can play, we'll find packages to get all of them on the field. And Kansas has pretty much played the, f- the same five offensive linemen every single snap for, for so far and for three games. But what they haven't done is, I mean, the last game that they played against Houston, they had, they had 25 different players who may have had significant snaps on the defense. And that involved rotating a ton of guys across that defensive line, which is usually, I think, how Kansas has been wearing teams down because they can throw so many bodies at you that can all go all out and can all play at a relatively stable level that it's been difficult, I think, in the second half for teams. Um, In terms of, uh, I I guess, really kind of decision-making for Duke, um, you know, have you had any kind of concerns about turnovers or anything like that at this point, or has it been a fairly solid uh, showing so far? So historically we have been, I think last year we, we, we ended the season minus 26. (laughs) Um, I think that was the number Um, historically bad. Uh, The year before that we had uh, app States quarterback, Chase Bryce, who obviously proved that the problem was not Chase Bryce, but he was in in Durham two years ago and had the, and nothing against him. We love chase. He had the worst season of any quarterback in Duke history. Like it was, Turnover, it was fumbles, interceptions. Uh, we are winning the turnover battle so far this year. It's not necessarily been through interceptions, even though our secondary is much improved from last year. Uh, we've really been able to get uh, strips and fumble recoveries, and that's been kind of our MO so far. Now, I know that a lot of that is just happenstance during the game. I'm not sure that we're actually doing something different, you know, to make that happen. It's just the, our guys have been in the right place. We've knocked the ball out. We've we've fallen on the ball. Um, and so we're in a good spot turnover-wise. I actually, in researching Kansas, uh, we spoke on our podcast about, like, maybe where's a chink in your in your armor a little bit. And we know you guys are losing the turnover battle so far this year. Uh, not not by much, but by, by a little bit. And so we're like, you know, maybe if we can continue to win turnover battles, that's something that could help us you know, as we go into Lawrence. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We historically have been really, really bad, uh, but Riley's handled handled the, the ball pretty well. He's not thrown any bad picks. 
and we've held our running backs have held onto the football. So yeah, I do find it interesting because while while Kansas has has given up some turnovers this year, they actually have not allowed a single point off of any of their turnovers, which is absolutely wow. insane to kind of think about. Um, which you know tells you what the defense is doing. Like the one time I think where it was even close was against Tennessee Tech when they fumbled. And, uh, you know, set them up at like the 35 yard line of Kansas and they missed a field goal. In fact, it got blocked mm-hmm. by uh, a Kansas player and Kobe Bryant scooped it up and scored on that. So like, like Kansas has been very fortunate, I think. Ha- in that- that's the, ha- the Hawk Mamba, right? Right, right. The Hawk Mamba. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. So uh, it, it is definitely one of those things. I think Kansas has been fairly fortunate with the way that their turnovers have been. But they also have just been, I think, a lot better about holding on to the ball. Um, with the exception of, for some reason, Daniel Hyshaw, he's really become adept at fumbling, but then also jumping on his own fumble five yards away from where he fumbled it. I, I've never seen anyone do that more than once in a season, and he's already done it twice. So it, it's a little crazy to kind of think about that. But And you know what else is crazy? It's the fantastic deal that is coming up this next week for us here uh, with sponsor here on the podcast, Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. They have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, a whole bunch more. They have over 135 different schools, and they're adding more stuff all the time, whether it's for schools that they already have or if they're adding new schools that you haven't seen yet. But look, they have all of the Big 12 stuff, and that allows us to do something absolutely fantastic starting next week. It is 10-12 week over at Homefield Apparel. Yes, you heard that right. Here on the 10-12 Podcast Network, we have a special deal going on next week over at homefieldapparel.com if you use promo code 1012 week that's t e n the number 1 2 the word week all together you can get 15% off of a very special collection of shirts over at Homefield Apparel. It is one shirt for each of the 10 schools that are currently in the Big 12. There's some fantastic stuff there including the the uh, shirt I've had my eye on for quite a while the TCU Grandpa Horned Frog in the pimp coat. Um, absolutely fantastic stuff. So it starts Sunday, September 25th at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. So at midnight Eastern Time. And it goes until the end of the day on Sunday, October 2nd. Um, make sure you head on over there. Use that promo code 1012 week and get 15% off of each of those shirts. If you want to get something else or if you want to go head over there yet, uh, right now and you haven't already used or already gotten an order from Homefield Apparel, you can use promo code CHALK12 and get 15% off that entire first order and all orders over there get free shipping. But this 10-12 week promotion is for all people who purchase stuff over at Homefield Apparel, whether you have gotten something before or if this is your first time. So again, homefieldapparel.com, use promo code 10-12 week all of next week and get 15% off some great, fantastic Big 12 shirts. I do want to go ahead and kind of jump over to the other side of the ball. But before we do that, I am going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, 
Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. And I am here with, uh, or we are back. I'm here with Josh Cox of the Section 17 podcast covering the Duke Blue Devils for this game coming up this weekend. Um, we already got done talking about Duke's offense. I want to switch over to Duke's defense because I am very curious what Duke is going to do to try to limit what Jalen Daniels is doing. Daniels is, you know, has been the leading rusher in a, in a couple games for the Jayhawks already, um, but is also doing fairly well, I think, throwing the ball. Is much less of a weapon throwing the ball from what you normally see from a really good quarterback. But I think that's just because of how many different offensive weapons the Kansas Jayhawks have from the running back position. So how do you handle a guy like that who can throw the ball, has been able to kind of sling it around the field? I mean, he threw it to 11 different receivers in this last game against Houston, but then can also at any point take off and pick up a first down with his legs. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it right. I mean, the fact that he's a true dual threat quarterback who you know kind of basically runs the ball more than he passes it. But when he does throw it, he throws it, what, 67% completion percentage so far this year? I mean, yeah, typically it's, it's when you insane. have those, yeah, you have the run first quarterback, you don't have guys throwing the ball that efficiently. And so it's going to be very challenging for Duke. Now, Mike Elko is a defensive guy. He is, and he has made his rounds through all the way from like Bowling Green to Wake Forest. Like he's made his, he's been at the, he's been in the small private colleges uh, universities. He's been at Notre Dame. He's been at Texas A&M. So like, you know, he is a defensive mind. He's brought in Rob Smith and some other guys over on, on defense. Um, and I will say this, we typically run like a, a four, two, five base. Um, but I would not be surprised if you don't see some hybrid stuff coming out of that. Uh, some three down, maybe some uh, three down with three, with three linebackers or uh, a, a little more standard four, three, I, I don't know what we're going to see. Um, I do know this. I know that that a mobile quarterback is probably the most difficult thing in college football for a defense to game plan for. And then oh, yeah, for not sure. only do you guys have the running quarterback, but the way you guys line up uh, some of the some of the running backs in the backfield, the way you have motion, a lot of pre-stamp motion, a lot of things like that. I mean, it's going to be challenging for Duke. I do think that if you want to talk like – a player um, who's probably going to take it upon himself um, a lot uh, for Jalen Daniels is going to be Shaka Hayward, um, our senior linebacker, who's a, you know, a co a captain of, of the team. Um, and Shaka has uh, fortunately in these first three games been able to rotate last year. He played so many snaps that it was crazy this year. The room's a little deeper there at linebacker. And Shaka Hayward, you know, has has been able to get some rest. Now, Dorian Mausi is the second linebacker in that four-two-five. He actually did not play this last Saturday. Uh, he had kind of a lingering injury that they wanted him to rest. I believe he'll be back for this Saturday. He's solid. Um, has started for us for two years. Um, but if not, you know, we're going to dig into that bench. We've got a grad transfer, Cam Dillon, who started for him. Uh, this past Saturday, but I would look at Shaka Hayward as kind of taking it personally with Jalen Daniels. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting because, I mean, so so looking at Duke, though, if you had to point out a weakness of what the defense is, where Kansas might try to find the most success this week, 
where where would you point to? That is a great question. Um, so there's two things. I believe the depth on the defensive line. You mentioned how you guys rotate so many guys in and out on that D line, uh, keeping those guys fresh, letting them go 110 miles an hour when they're when they're in. We really rely on a, like an interior lineman. Dwayne Carter is uh, a team captain. He plays a lot of snaps. Um, our defensive end, uh, one of them is a true freshman, VJ Anthony, who uh, we he's a local kid from here in Durham. Uh, we signed him, and then he shot up recruiting charts. Went to the Under uh, Under Armour camp after we had already got his letter of intent, and we really we were a little nervous that we were going to lose him. To be honest with you. Um, but he, but he, he ended up, you know, making his way to Durham and st- staying in Durham. He's on the edge. So a defensive line makes me a little bit nervous just with, I mean, a true freshman starting and playing a ton of snaps interior line. Uh, that's very solid. Jamie on Franklin's a transfer from Notre Dame, Dwayne Carter, Aeneas Peebles was a highly recruited guy in state guy here, uh, but there's not a ton of depth. And so that's the first area on defense that gives me concern. And then the second area is the secondary. Duke lost 11 members of their secondary from last year. Uh, and that seems like a really big number, and it seems like it would be devastating. Fortunately for Duke, our secondary sucked last year pretty bad. And so losing 11 members of your secondary is like, okay, we get a chance to bring in some guys, right? And so we were the beneficiary of Speedy Young actually coming, you might be familiar a little bit, uh, coming from Iowa State. Um, I believe two years ago he was uh, all Big 12 cornerback uh, there for them. So he's come in this year and given some stability. And then Darius Joyner uh, came from Western Illinois, uh, which is a FBS school. And he actually had 146 tackles last year um, <laughs> at his time there. So like, and he's a ball hawk, man. Like he really is. He's around the play all the time, but our secondary has got, a, it's got some question marks, man. We have a true freshman, that that has gets a lot of playing time. Chandler Rivers over at DB, uh, and once again, that's another area where we're not deep. Obviously, if you lose eleven, you're not replacing them with eleven, and so we're not as deep in that secondary. So yeah, I mean, I wish I could, you know, as a Duke fan, I wish I could say that yeah, we're good everywhere. But you know, linebacker is really the only spot that we are deep, and I would say good, you know, from top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. Like, unfortunately, though, it sounds like what you're talking about. Um, you know, with a team that has so many rushing options as the Jayhawks have, um, it's going to be, I think, difficult for the linebackers alone to really be able to snuff out, especially since Kansas has shown the ability to, you know, do some really good misdirection. Uh, we saw that a lot against Houston, uh, and that's where Kansas broke off some of their big runs. You know, I can think of one particular play where they threw a touchdown, you know, by faking the handoff to the backup quarterback, Jason Bean, um, and then pretending that he was going to run it himself, Jalen Daniels, and he ended up passing it just right over everybody to a receiver Mm -hmm. for the touchdown. So the fact that Kansas has the ability to do that and cause misdirection could be a huge issue. I I do think what this game is really going to come down to is how – how well can Kansas adjust to what Duke is trying to do offensively to keep Duke from scoring? Because Kansas is not like they, they have notoriously started pretty slow. They've been down 14, nothing in the last two weeks. Um, It will be interesting to see if we see a similar sort of thing, or if they'll get some extra juice from being at home and then kind of going from there. Um, I am very intrigued. I could see this being a high scoring game back and forth, um, you know, where both teams are scoring. I could also see Kansas just being completely juiced up and, coming out and just laying it on Duke at this point. 
Um, I could also see where they get way too hyped up and start making mistakes. And like, I don't think that's as likely as any of the other two outcomes, but I definitely could see Kansas doing any number of things. It's going to be a completely different environment for them this week. Um, you know, because they have not had, you know, a sell. Like, we are trending right now towards a sellout, um, yeah. which has not happened in Kansas for quite a while. So it'll be very interesting to kind of see how that happens, um, whether they actually make it to the sellout or not, and what that environment looks like. Um, in terms of Duke fans traveling, is that something that they do particularly well? Like, are you are you expecting to have a decent-sized yeah. Duke contingent there? Uh, no, this isn't Duke basketball. You know, Duke basketball's got that global brand and uh you know you got you got duke basketball fans all over the country right uh duke football your majority of this travel is going to be a family of players and uh, a few fans but nothing nothing crazy um i mean honestly we struggle in our home stadium uh right now coach elko's got to win the fan base back to be honest with you um nobody wanted to admit it because everyone loved cutcliffe but like three years ago it started and it was a very very quick down downward trend um and so yeah you're not gonna have to worry about that i would say um back to the defense and just to piggyback on what you said i believe the main thing in a mobile quarterback is, is containment and it makes me nervous with a true freshman on one of our edges uh reading plays properly and containing uh but hey who knows this kid has been fine so far, um, and so we'll see. But, yeah, you're, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I've not done, like, film study, per se, on Kansas. I'm just going by, you know, we had Brian Haney on our podcast uh, earlier this week. Yeah. And he gave us, like, 20 minutes of, like, <laughs> he, like, threw out everything he knew. It was awesome. But uh, learned a lot from that and then did some tried to do some research on our own. But I really do yeah, – we're going to have our hands full. And at the end of the day, if Duke's going to win this game, let's be honest, it's going to be a shootout. Um, Riley's going to have a great game if that be the case. And our running backs, which we have kind of a, it was going to be a four headed monster has kind of turned into a two headed monster. Um, our running backs are going to get out and get loose and, and, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where, I I mean, I think that that's their best option, right. Is to turn this into a shootout make sure that we're going back and forth. It's actually kind of funny you had Brian Haney on. I, I had David Shoemate, uh Duke play-by-play okay. on over the summer. I actually had him on a couple times last year as well to preview that game. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, there's there's always one good thing about uh, having a play-by-play guy on is because he's going to give you all of the good things and, you know, at least a couple little, you know, like, dumbed-down or, I should say, mitigated uh, bad things about the particular team, you know, just things that they Whoa. would potentially worry about, you know, all that fun stuff. But, um, well, you know, they, you know, they work, they work for the program. Oh, so of, of course. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but if you want to know what a team does yeah. really well, get the play by play guy on because he'll tell you all yeah. about it. So, right. Um, yeah. but yeah, no. So, so looking at this game, uh, let's go ahead and get over towards our predictions. We're not actually going to do just straight predictions. Um, you know, this, this next thing we have here is the one that is sponsored by new sponsor here on the podcast. That is prizepicks.com. Uh, Price picks is the easy legal way to play daily fantasy. You can pick two to five players, use over under 
projections, and you can possibly win up to 10 times the amount that you use for your entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. You don't have to worry about what anyone else is picking, um, and they have a ton of different stats you can pick from, rushing yards, passing yards, receiving yards, touchdowns, completions, all kinds of stuff for football, but they have more than just football. They have, you know, they have both NFL and college football. They have NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and a whole bunch more. So if you go over to prizepicks.com, you can use our promo code CHALK12, get a uh, a 100% deposit match up to your first $100 um, and and start enjoying everything they have over there. I love the, the way that they do the lines. Um, you know, it's always really interesting to kind of see what their thoughts are about what people are going to do. So I went ahead and pulled some of the lines for some of the, the Kansas and Duke players. I'm going to run through some of them and then have you like talk about which ones jump out to you as the most likely to bet one way or another. Um, so, so starting with the quarterbacks, Jalen Daniels, they have him for 210.5 yards passing, 17.5 completions, and 54.5 rushing yards. They don't have any passing touchdown or rushing touchdown numbers up yet for these guys, but um, any of those, those numbers jump out to you. What was that, 54 on the rushing yards? 54.5 rushing. And, and actually, I meant to give you the other side as well. Riley Leonard, they have for 249.5 yards passing, 18.5 completions, and then 40.5 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, to me, the rushing yards for Jalen Daniels jumps off a little bit. I mean, I, I I would expect him to go over that. I mean, if you're looking at what he's done this season, and I, like I said, you know you know this team a lot better than I do, but uh, if he's under 50 yards rushing, that does not bode well for Kansas's offense, Yeah, you know, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's really hard to do passing yard numbers for Jalen Daniels. Like, I, I feel pretty confident about the completions being down under the 17.5, but the passing yards, like you could have two, you know, receptions that go for 80 yards each. Um, like, and he could jump over that number really quickly. Like what his passing yard numbers are, have a lot less to do with what he's doing and a lot more to do with what his receivers can do after they catch the ball from. Mm -hmm. So, um, looking on the other side, I do think, uh, just looking at what Riley Leonard has been doing, I think that that passing yard number is going to be pretty high for him. Um, yeah, I, I would I would probably say over 250 is where I would go if I was wanting to look for something from Riley Leonard. And honestly, touchdown numbers, I, I've noticed that they have a – it's difficult to kind of pick on those touchdown numbers because they usually pick like a 1.5 for pretty much everybody. And, you know, especially the way that these two offenses play, it's hard to know if they're going to get it on the ground or if they're going to get it, uh, you know, throwing. So, right. um, all right. Switching over to running backs, Devin Neal at 59.5 yards and Jalen Coleman at 59.5 yards. Ooh. Um, man, that's about spot on. I know. Where, that's the problem. Coleman's been. <laughs> um, I would say that Jalen Coleman has definitely, him and Jordan Waters are like, they're like 50-50 right now, literally getting the same amount of carries uh, per game. I believe that Jalen has a little bit more of a breakaway speed. Uh, man, that, that's a really tough one. I would say he could he could be over on that though because all he's got to do is break one. Yeah, you know and, what I mean, and, he, and that's the he, kind you know, of he same, scored a touchdown in every game. Yeah, that's the same kind of problem that I have with like a Devin Neal because you know he could he could get a decent number of runs but get bottled up for the most part and not get to break that one um, and then get most of his damage done by receptions. And, you know, or he could go and break off an 80-yard run like he did against Tennessee Tech all of a sudden and end up with 160 yards in the game. So, like, it's really hard, especially since Kansas has so many different running backs that they use. It's difficult, right? It's difficult to identify one of them. Of course, Devin Neal is listed as a starter. He's the main guy, so that's who they give the line for. But, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, four Kansas running backs that all have 50 yards by the time we're done. Um, you know, right. just, just because and, and they have so many them, different none options. None of them going over that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. whereas Duke is pretty much, it's pretty much a two headed monster in the running right room. You add Riley in there, obviously right. as a third guy that runs the ball. Um, but it's really, you know, you're, you're looking at him splitting 50, 50, whereas you guys could split, 25, 25, 25, 25, you know, if you wanted to with all the guys you have in the room. Yeah, exactly. All right. And so then finally on the receiver end, um, Lawrence Arnold, 39.5 yards, three receptions, Jalen Calhoun, 72.5 yards and four and a half receptions. Either of those numbers jump. Yep. Either of those numbers jump out to you. Um, no, I think, I think that's spot on on the reception numbers. I think that's a good line. Yeah. Um, I think, I, um, I don't know your defense that well. I know you've given up some points, but obviously when yep. you score as many points as you do, you're going to give up some points. Well, that, um, that when you had, go to overtime and like all of this yeah, other stuff, yeah. you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Jalen's been over 100 yards, I believe, in two out of the three games this year. Um, and, and and his 100 yards are not like he caught a fluke 80-yard pass. His are like seven catches for 106 yards. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's not like he's, He's not breaking one tackle and like his whole stat line is off of one play. We've got a guy like that, Eli Pankle, our uh, another another wide receiver who's like the big play guy. But Jalen, um, I would say if if Jalen's going to go over on one of these, he's going to go over on both of them. That would be my my prediction. Fair. And so I, I would say the the yardage, uh, yeah, the way he's been trending. He'd so go over. so was Calhoun not playing against North Carolina A&T? Like I don't see so, that he recorded a stat, but um, he was playing. I mean that. So they rotated. Uh, okay. Um, okay. No, I, I was I was just curious because like I didn't see any stats yeah. for him, so I, I found it a little weird. I mean, either they were you know winning so quickly that he just didn't need to play very much, they didn't need to go to him very much, or something happened. So the fact that he was in there yeah, and just we, didn't record a stat is I actually actually I think better than the fact like if he didn't play because then you'd have to be worried about potential injury right, or something right, else yeah, that kept sure. him out. So yeah, we I mean we threw the ball our tight end very first play of the game went, went for a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like it oh, was yeah, just for sure. one of those nights and then giving it to the running back at any time, you know, we broke free a few a couple times there. So yep. yeah, Jalen's fine. He returned punts. He should I believe he showed up in the in the, in the box score there. Okay, there we good. go. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that that's where he'll show up. So all right. So I guess this is it. Final question, what do you have as the outcome for the game coming up on Saturday? All right. And if <sighs> if you want to do it against the line, I saw that the line opened at eight and a half for Kansas. They were an yep, eight and a half yep. point favorite. Last I saw, it was down to seven at a lot of different places. Um, so it seems like there's a little bit of money coming in on Duke. But what are your thoughts? Do you think it's one? Do you think it's one that Duke has a, a decent size chance to actually pull out the win? And whether they do or not, what do you think the final margin is going to look like? Um, so at the beginning of the season, I picked Duke to go four and eight. And so I've tried to stick to my guns and I had us losing this game before the season started. Okay. So just to be fair. So I, on our podcast, I stuck with it. I said that we would lose, but that we would, we would beat the spread. I I think I had us losing by three points. Um, and so, um, I, I think it could be, it could be that way. Our kicking game has been a little skittish, uh, to start the season off. Uh, we actually have a guy who's been here three years, Charlie Ham, highly recruited guy, never had any issues in his entire career, but he started off the season like 50%. And like, that's been a little bit of an issue. Wasn't on display at all this past Saturday, just the nature of that game. But I have us beating the spread, but still losing the game. Which I think is completely fair. Like, I think this is one of those things where, 
Um, you know, I, I see this game going one of two ways. I either see it being a dogfight going back and forth and both offenses are just going absolutely ballistic, you know, and we have like a, you know, 54 to 49 game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or Kansas gets out to a big lead, rides off the emotion, and Duke unfortunately just can't handle it with their defense with how good Kansas's offense is in this one, and Kansas ends up winning. But I do think that Duke would claw a decent number of points back because that's what Kansas has done when they get up big. You know, it becomes less important, I think, to stop any scoring and more about yeah. making sure that, you know, that that's the one thing for those that are expecting Kansas to blow out a bunch of teams this year that they beat. I don't think it's going to happen because they have been very committed to getting a lot of different guys on the field. Um, and, and you know, that naturally will lead to some possibilities where other teams can get back into it, where they can, you know, get close. But what you saw, they let West Virginia come all the way back. They did not let Houston come all the way back. Houston never got closer than two scores. Um, so I think this is one of those things. If Kansas does get up, you know, big on Duke, it's going to be difficult, I think, for Duke to come all the way back. Um, but I do think that they have the possibility to make it close. So it's unfortunately one of those things. I either think that Kansas is going to win this one big because Duke is just going to get absolutely you know plastered early and not be able to recover from it, or it's going to be a dogfight the entire time and Duke is going to potentially either win by three or lose by three. Um, I would not be shocked to see Duke win just because of how much, you know, one, Kansas is not used to being the favorite. This is the first time they've been favored against the right. Power 5 team in a really long time. Um, so like I could see that potentially being an issue, but I am confident that I think Kansas goes ahead and comes out with the win, which wouldn't be a shock, I think, to anybody at all, given that they're favored. And, you know, you look at like FPI and they're expected, like, I think it's like a 75% to, to Kansas, which again, that's something that's really weird. But, um, you know, ultimately I think it's going to be a good game though. I think both teams are going to enjoy what they see and be able to build off of whatever happens here in this game. So, all right, Josh, thank you so much for joining me today. For those that want more information about Duke, where can they find your stuff online? Yeah, so we're on Twitter at DukeFBTalk. Uh, we're on website, DukeFootballTalk.com, uh, Facebook, whatever, but mainly on Twitter, at DukeFBTalk and then DukeFootballTalk.com. And we'd love to interact. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, looking forward to two, three, and O teams. And by the way, thank you for beating UNC in the Final Four and winning that national title this year. You are welcome. the only thing we can hang your hat on. Yes, no, I love I love the fact that we were able to. Look, I started our website over at Blue Wings Rising, and since then Kansas has won a national championship in, in uh, basketball, and they're now 3-0 and in football. So well, I'm not saying that I'm the reason, but I will definitely take that, you know, plot it if you guys are willing to give it to me. So, But that is going to do it for us today. Josh, thank you so much for joining me, and thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, or it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there, just search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. You can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments. It would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 10 to a podcast network over on the Sports Drink Network. Um, absolutely great working with all the great people over there. Uh, you can find links to all the shows we have covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference by going to 1012network.com and getting all those links. But that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you visit our sponsors, Homefield Apparel and Prize Picks. Use promo code CHOCK12 to get absolutely great deals with all of them. But thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. <laughs>